What's up, Doc? What do you think about terms such as doc and deer and honey? Is there a place for them in the veterinary practice? And if so, where is it? And if not, why not? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. To the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And a tough topic is words. The words that we use have impact emotionally and, of course, just literally. But this week, we're going to talk about the terms and words that we use when we call on each other, such as doc and deer and honey and bestie and whatever, right? Some of those words are fine and appropriate, but sometimes there can be an emotional landmine that you step on. This week, we're going to talk about those kind of landmines and more. But before we do that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this today's topic kind of came about from a multitude of angles. And it's something that we've talked around and about, but we've never really done it deep dive into it on the podcast. And guys, let me just share with you the scenario that was presented to me. And this was a young female veterinarian. And apparently one of her employees, team members, colleagues started referring to her or just referred to who knows everybody as doc. And so this young veterinarian felt uncomfortable with that, felt like it was somehow demeaning and disrespectful. And so they actually kind of had a little bit of a powwow, and I don't think that uh, everybody agreed with that. But nonetheless, I thought I'd want to talk to you guys about how you feel about these kind of terms. And Becky, you know, you and I are from the South, so we're kind of accustomed to using terms of endearment, right? Yeah, I I struggle a lot. Uh, You know, people who have, have met me in the past know almost notoriously have the I just I, I just refer to females as miss so-and-so or ma'am it is ingrained in me I was raised with it and then as I became more aware of gender biases I tried to be careful about gender appropriating with a title like miss but then also as I traveled realized like a lot of people are offended by the term ma'am and it's a struggle like a big struggle and I use terms of endearment all the time I use babe I use hun darling I am terrible and I really like this conversation today because I hate to think I'm offending anybody. And, um, you know, the scenario you presented, I think probably hits a lot of us because I know I call a lot of the doctors I work with doc, um, in my past. And, and even just now it's, it's just easy to just, Hey doc. So I am really interested in hearing more about this and having this conversation because I hate to think I've inadvertently offended people by doing that. Yeah, and viewfinders, if there's a term that triggers you, let us know. We'd love to hear from you, so definitely drop us something in the social medias or on email. But, uh, you know, I have personal experience with the term doc, and and Becky, I got to admit that it really used to rattle me. And part of it was because my late grandfather was referred to as doc. And so as a young veterinarian, when people would call me, hey, doc, instantly it conjured up all of these emotional attachments to my late grandfather. And that was a pretty complicated relationship with our family. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, for me, I didn't like it, Becky. It, it instantly conjured up negative feelings, right? And in a way, I felt like, wow, I'm not my grandfather, right? I'm not like that at all. And I mean, he had a lot of problems. He was a chronic alcoholic and bad stuff, right? Everybody's got some of that in their family somewhere. And so, you know, Becky, when this started happening to me, I corrected 
respected people. And I, I did it politely and I did it civilly, but I would say, you know, hey, uh, you know, it's Dr. Ward or whatever. And, and I did this to clients. It never really happened but a handful of times, but I did have a young associate uh, who, for whatever reason, like you said, culturally, just the way he was raised, referred to me as Doc. And I had to have a sit down, you know, privately and say, hey, listen, let me explain to you why I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. So Becky, I guess the first thing is let's, before we get into some of the terminology, how do you think somebody should respond if you say something to them that they feel uncomfortable with? Yeah, I think you did the right thing, which is is funny because we are in a society where we feel weird about correcting people when they've done something like, you know, uh, people inherently call me back. I don't really know why they put themselves on that level with me so quickly, um, but it's not really anything I enjoy being. I, I If you call me Becca, I will definitely correct you. But like Beck becomes something that people will just default to that I really don't know that well and I don't really like it, but I rarely say anything about it. And so like I was listening to you and thinking I respect that. Hey, I guess it doesn't bother me enough that I I say something um but it's such an innocent move, right? Like it's just right. such an innocent thing somebody doesn't even think about. Almost endearing, right? We think of nicknames as endearing. So we see it as almost a positive thing. I think you did the right thing. I think just a gentle correction um, and not making a big deal about it. And then if it continues, really having that sit down to be honest and, and talking about your why, because we know the why is so important. And when you let somebody know like, hey, it's not just like a pet peeve. It's actually kind of brings up emotional triggers in me. Hopefully that person respects you enough to absolutely not do that going forward. But I think I think you handled it well. I just think it's not our, our necessarily feel that comfortable always going that route every time. And I really respect that you went there. But I I don't think most people do. Right. And, and I think to viewfinders, the really important distinction here is, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to have merit. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not here to judge whether or not the term doc is offensive to you or you feel like it's disrespectful, right? And I think that's really important to respect people's boundaries and feelings with this kind of terminology, right? Because we don't know, like if you just met me on the street and said, yo, what's up doc? You know, you would have no idea that that term means something to me on a deeply personal level, right? So for me, hey, I'm the exception, but you, if you judge, then say, what's the, what's the big deal? Why has he got to correct me with that? You know, it's stupid just to call them doc, you know, I, I thought it meant something of, of admiration. Well, Becky, again, you don't know the whole story, as we've said multiple times. So it's really important for us not to judge people based on these kind of, you know, triggers or whatever. Becky, you see what I'm getting at there? Because I think that frustrates me. Sometimes we go, what's the big deal with me calling you honey, right? Or dear or whatever. I meant it because I respect you, but it could have a different, a different emotional baggage and meaning for that person. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, so obviously we know that the, everyone has a story we don't know about. And you're right. I think having that automatic reaction of what's the big deal or our personal emotional reaction to it, we are by nature just going to kind of probably work on the defensive because whenever we hurt somebody we don't mean right. to or we right. upset somebody we don't mean to it is easy to default to defensiveness well i didn't mean to right instead of taking that second to say like i need to be accountable for what i just did even though i didn't mean to so just because you didn't mean to doesn't take away the fact that you did and that's that's the emotional intelligence part right. that is so important i will also say another great thing you can do that i have done before when I slip up is say, 
if I call someone ma'am or assume their pronouns, I have literally said, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to assume your pronouns. Or like, I'm so sorry, I just gave you a nickname. Hope, is that okay? Like, you can kind of be like chuckle and ask if it's okay and ask for permission for that. I know my husband's another one that hates um, boss or buddy mm, right, right, or guy. Right. And he, I hear it so, once I heard how he didn't like it, I became aware of how many people actually do that in in passing just when he's out and about and, and doing things and shopping and somebody's helping him or whatever. And like, you need help boss. And it drives him nuts. And then I became aware of it. So I think sort of having that question, asking those questions, um, is really, really great. And then the the thing I'll throw out there is getting in front of it. So if you're an office manager or a lead in, in your practice or your work, and you're listening to this today, I really just love it. Like as an instructor, I do with my students, putting that out there ahead of time. You walk in a room in the exam room, hey, I'm Dr. Ward. You can call me, you can right. call me Dr. Ward. You can call me right. Ernie. You give them the so right. often I will say, yep, my name's Rebecca. To the to the IRS and my mom, everybody else calls me Becky. And I sort of create that established nickname. I create those boundaries right up front. And so asking our clients, even in our, our, our forms, do you have a nickname you prefer to be called? What, what name do you prefer to be called? I think is just one way that we can create these boundaries and sort of stay within them. Yeah. And, and again, I love that fact. I think that how you introduce yourself is de- definitely most likely going to be reciprocated. So, you know, again, in your your office setting, if you're referring to yourself as, hi, I'm Dr. Ward, typically your your clients will parrot that back and, and so, so on for your staff. But I love the fact, Becky, that you're saying, look, you know, we should probably talk about this as a team. And I think it's really important. Uh, it is funny you mentioned the word boss and things like that. Laura, I mean, we had this conversation with our team multiple times. Uh, that did bother us as bosses. <laughs> You yeah, know, because, yeah, because, you know, let's face it, you know, we were sensitive to that and we felt like, well, maybe there, maybe there's a different intent behind that word or why they're calling me boss right now. And we didn't think always it was positive. And many times it's not, it's neutral. But, you know, again, establishing boundaries, respecting boundaries, I think is critical. Becky, what about terms like dear and honey? You know, I mean, again, we are in the South where this stuff drips out of our mouth like nectar off a flower, right? It's so, so you know, bad. right. And it's what we do. And, I, yeah, and, I feel weird if I don't put something at the end Sometimes, of it. Like, it feels so abrupt to just right. be like, let me get that for you. Right, but, right. Silence. Like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we're raised the way that we use words is that there is some kind of like proper noun at the end right, of just right. about every <laughs> sentence. Um, but it is becoming uh, maybe a little bit inappropriate. And I, I have had people use terms like that to me and I, it has felt icky and it, and it didn't feel mm, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think we have to make those decisions. So I think if I call another female hun or dear or love, it's, it isn't appropriate or I mean, it isn't inappropriate and it, it isn't um, like we're, we're peers that way, but there is something a little bit condescending. Um, I have been called the, especially dear by older men. Um, and it feels very much um, condescending. It feels very like belittling. And so I don't love that, but I have also had it used very kind and loving and just sweet. Like, here you go, dear. So I think it's really a tough one. Um, I almost want to go to the other side of this conversation and say, this is gaslighting, right? Where it's like, are you being overly offended? And I don't want to do that because if you are genuinely offended, 
Sometimes I feel, though, there is the when in Rome. And so, like, in the South, we are more prone to those types of things. But so then, therefore, when I travel to other parts of the country, I try to be more careful about my Southern um, nature of of adding those types of terms. But then I kind of also feel like when people come to the South, it's almost, like, expected, and it's a little bit harder for me to feel like... It, it harder for people to be offended. So I know I'm kind of talking in circles here, but I have a really hard time with this one because it is very cultural and it is ingrained and it is never meant to be offensive, but I have heard it in ways that feel offensive. And so is it best to just get rid of it altogether and to, to leave those terms out? But then how do you create that kind of endearment and that connection that I think those words are are intended to create? Right. And I think here's where it gets complicated for us as medical professionals, Becky, and that is when our clients use these terms, right? Like it's one thing when a colleague, I can pull them aside I can go to the manager, whatever, right? I, I can deal with that. But if a client is doing it, you have to, I think, like Becky said, there's a bit of when in Rome that you have to maybe go with it because if it's an 85-year-old client in front of me and they're going, oh, honey, you know, you're so right. sweet to my dog. I mean, I'm not going to be offended in any way. And if that same person calls me Doc, you know, I'm so worried about my my poochie. Uh, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to correct her, right? I mean, so again, how, however, you know, sometimes you do detect and you become uncomfortable with whatever. And I would think this is often in a gender dynamic, right? So now there's a male client and a female veterinary professional, and maybe you do feel like there's some other intent with that terminology. Hey, honey, hey, dear, you know, hey, sweetie, whatever. Uh, And it's inappropriate. And that might be the time when you do have to correct it. And Becky, that's where I think it gets really tricky because you've got to be polite and civil. And, you know, I don't have perfect answer, but I know that, you know, when I have had had situations like this happen before, you know, I would just uh, try, try to make a joke about it, you know, say, well, I appreciate, I appreciate the, uh, the admiration there, but, you know, uh, I definitely want to focus on our dog. I mean, somehow let them know subtly that, hey, you kind of stepped over a line there without maybe pushing it right in their face. Becky, what, what advice do you have? Because again, <laughs> as a male, I haven't really encountered it as much, but I do fear that our listeners who are female maybe do feel much more uncomfortable with some of these terms of endearment. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think that doing what I say is the right thing to do, especially in this example. Because as you were saying how you like gently don't throw it back in their face, I was thinking about how I actually just start using the word that they're using back at them. Um, And so if you call me dear, then I'm going to call you dear. And it probably comes out a little passive aggressive. (laughs) And I probably give a little (laughs) emphasis like, did it feel weird when I said it to you? Because it felt weird when you said it to me. Like, I think that's sort of kind of how it comes out of my mouth is I reflect it back. Um, and and I think that sometimes I have that strategy um, in terms of, of, of things that I hear people say that I kind of am surprised that they say. And then, you know, if you can reflect back to them with what they said, they're surprised and they kind of can hear themselves a little better maybe. So um, I actually deal with that by reflecting, sort of parroting back like, oh, we're, oh dear, it's, that's what we're going with. So, okay. But like you said, <laughs> never in a malicious in, intent, but um, I do think in a more condescending way, uh, I'll go, I'll go along with that. I, I have to say, maybe I don't handle it very well. 
Well, and I don't think there's any perfect way to handle those <laughs> viewfinders. I mean, I think that, you know, it's it's dependent on the situation, on the personalities involved, right? I mean, the, the context really does matter here. So I, I would love to hear your suggestions for it. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. I don't think there's a script that you can just say, okay, I'm going to now say this and that will satisfy this problem. Uh, I wish it were that easy because, you know, again, you can... You can escalate these conditions, right? I mean, so like Becky's tactic, you know, runs risky. Right? I mean, oh, Becky, yeah. in all fairness, I mean, it's risking a little bit there because it might be perceived. It's oh, very really? combative. Absolutely. But, but you know, <laughs> it might be wholly appropriate. So I'm not here to judge that. I'm just saying that I think that from a team perspective, these are issues you want to talk about and maybe, again, start to think of how would we strategize about that. And oftentimes, I can tell you that I've had uh, other team members then as a third party, and I hate triangulation, but I know this can happen, you know, where maybe the the manager would pop up front and say, hey, you know, I think Susie was a little uncomfortable today, you know, with you calling her sweetie or something like that. I don't know if I agree with that either, but I'm just saying there are multiple ways to solve this problem. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's kind of being on top of it. It's having the group conversation. It's It's even just asking, like, if you're aware that you do it, you listen to this podcast, just go into work and say, Hey guys, I listened to, to Becky and Ernie today. And I'm just thinking like, I use that all the time. Does it, is that uncomfortable? Do you think I offend clients? I, I, I truly, I pulled aside two people that I trusted in the LGBTQ community years ago and said, Hey, yeah, I'm I really becoming this. aware of pronoun issues. And I know that I call people miss so-and-so, um, without really knowing that that's their preference. And and what does that look like from your side? Is that, how am I doing? Is that okay or not? And got some great advice. So lean into your, to your group. But I think it's really important to know, you know, that that words do matter. And it's not just in name calling, but in a lot of different other words that we use in the clinic. Right. And, and again, so now let's, we've got the clients. What about with each other, Becky? I mean, because now we do have this level of friendship, of intimacy, of trust, uh, and admiration, right? And respect for each other. So what, what are some of the guidelines that you might give team members, right? So now it's everybody in the vet hospital, like, are, are there things that they should say or not say, avoid, or maybe embrace? I, I mean, again, I think that's a team conversation. What is the level of comfort? Because I, it's so funny, because I think if we just have these conversations out of of nowhere. Like literally you and I have been doing this for six years. I didn't know you didn't like being called doc. So for six years, I don't think I have called you doc, but maybe I have. And I would feel bad if I did. And and we've known each other for six. You probably didn't know I don't like being called back. So it's really interesting to me that if you just sit down with your team and you have this conversation really quick, you'll probably learn, oh, I love terms of endearment and they make me smile and I use them. Let me know if I make you uncomfortable. It's just like this really safe conversation that creates a lot of psychological safety. And then folks can say, yeah, actually, sometimes people around here call me back and I actually, it's super annoying to me. So let's just lean away from it. Uh, um, And then, you know, you have the ability to create those boundaries through conversation I honestly think that just being, and then again, you give the safety to have the conversation in the future. So a new person comes on and you say, oh, hey, we always have these team meetings where we talk about this, but like, it's annoying to me if you call me back and hey, by the way, Dr. Ward hates to be called doc. And you just sort of create this ability to have a safe conversation in a safe place to be like, to not have to put up with something you don't want to because you're worried about creating a stir. I don't know. 
Right, right, right. And and again, you know, I, I think the original scenario that was presented to me, uh, which happened apparently, and, uh, you know, I think that a lot of feelings were hurt, and I think a lot of it could have been avoided, as, as we're trying to say today, to, to avoid these issues. So if there's something that you're hearing in your clinic that you're not comfortable with for whatever reason, doesn't matter. The reason isn't the issue. You want to share that with your team members, especially your team members, because there's nothing worse than kind of building up this resentment towards someone, and they don't even know why. Yeah, so I'm glad that you said that because it's not just about names, right? We've talked about uh, other words and other language that can be used in the clinic that can actually be offensive that people are not comfortable hearing and really complacent using in in current language. And I, I know people get really shook up and really worked up about, oh, you know, everything's woke and you can't say anything, you can't do anything. But it's like, no, these are really just tiny little gestures that we can make and work on to be more inclusive. And you made a great point when we were talking before we started recording about the word crazy. And I think we throw the word crazy around so much without even thinking like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. And wow, she really started acting crazy. Like I think about how much we use that in in our language and out of context. So what are your thoughts kind of around that in changing the language that we use in terms of being ableist or just our daily language that does sort of become offensive to various people? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Viewfinders, uh, having edited this podcast for six and a half years now, I edit out most of those ableist types of, uh, of comments that we might make, you know, because I am sensitive to it. And I've gotten sensitive to it even more. I'll tell you part of our media training way back in the day when I was doing Rachel Ray, uh, working with the CBS uh, um, 60 Minutes crew one time. And, you know, they really, they we went through a complete, you know, drill and, and really role played how to, how to handle that. So I think that that terms like, you know, that's crazy, that's nuts, you know, and things like that. You you just want to be aware that, you know, again, it might be inappropriate in certain settings. Uh, I, I think you want to be careful with using it around clients for sure. I think that's um, problematic on so many levels. So I think it's, you know, Becky, and I, I like what you're saying I mean, here. This is really just about respect and being sensitive to others, right? It's not, I don't think that somehow the world has changed and it's like, oh, now we got to get all these pronouns, right? It's like, no, it's just actually being kind towards others and being respectful. And I think we were just elevating the conversation. I think what's really happened is people are starting to say, look, this bothers me. Would you please refer to me as they or whatever, right? And and guess what? I respect that. I don't have to understand it. I don't even have to agree with it, but I do need to respect your boundaries. I mean, Becky, I think that's really the, the biggest thing that's shifted over the past five to 10 years is the fact that people are now demanding. They're saying, hey, I'm uncomfortable with that. So please refer to me as this other thing. No, I mean, yes. And it's so funny because like I think about how my birth name, my my given name is Rebecca and no one calls me Rebecca and no one cares when I say, hey, I'm Becky. I I can remember all the way going through school on the very first day. They go through the list and they call everybody's name out loud. And if they tell you, if you want to be called something different, let me know. Every year, first day of class, every single class, Rebecca, I'd raise my hand and I'd say Becky. In fact, in third grade, I then decided I was going to change how I spelled Becky because <laughs> I was that kid. And I told people it's no longer spelled with a Y, it's spelled with an IE. 
no one cared. No right. one made a fuss. No one made me feel bad. Everyone conformed. It, readily now people conform when I meet people. I have a road name with the CVMA. Some people call me that road name. No one cares if I correct them. Why is it that when we got into this space of it doesn't make sense to you that everyone had a problem with it? It's like I it blows my mind and I think about how easily people have been able to not call me Rebecca and call me Becky, so much so that people who know me really well forget that my name is Rebecca. If they hear it, they're like, who? Um, yeah. So much so that they they don't even associate with me, me with my original identity. I think we really need to tap into that. Most of us have nicknames of some kind. You're Ernie. Very few people call you Ernest, I'm sure. Maybe when you're in trouble and the IRS, right? That's the (laughs) the mom and IRS. So I I, I just want to ask people to think about how readily and easily they conform to those types of, um, to those types of things and to see how they can put that in other language as easily and with as, as little judgment as we do call each other by our preferred names because our our ability to isolate people for differences without even realizing what we're doing is innate and it has to not be it has to become more primary for us to speak in a more neutral way and to be more open to those gentle corrections and redirections so that we are respecting people's space and without questioning why they need that yeah, and, and Becky, even I would say it's not even in a more neutral fashion. It's just in a respectful fashion, right? I mean, yeah. if somebody says, hey, I'd rather be called Ernie instead of, you know, Ernesto or whatever, yeah. you know, then, hey, no problem, man, you know, whatever. And, and again, I think it's weird. I think it's weird. I think I think it's sad sometimes that we do want to put our own you know, personal perspective on these very personal issues, you yeah. know, I mean, like, like this is your identity and I'm going to impose my beliefs on your personal identity. It's like, wow. Okay. You know, this has nothing to do with politics at all. This has just everything to do with your personal respect of other people to me. Yeah. I mean, it does. And so it, it and, and I think if you just take a little bit of time to recognize where yeah, you're stuck, right. you know, like I said, if I, the first time I ever had somebody point out to me, they called the word crazy, the C word. And it was a Boiling Springs officer. I live in the town I live in. Um, and she said, yeah, I don't like the C word. We all have bad moments. And I was like, wow, that's really meaningful, especially from a law officer who then realizes that somebody is just having a bad moment. And that was a really meaningful time to learn that. And so number one, I think it's important we have these conversations because if we don't talk about it, people don't hear it. And so somebody who might not have even thought about, oh my gosh, I use that word all day, every day, and it could be really offensive. Um, and, but then I also think of things like I, I, you know, how frequently I say, oh my gosh, I must be blind. It was right in front of me. Or, you know, or what I'm sorry. I'm like deaf. I couldn't hear them. We use these terms all day, every day without even thinking about it. And they are labels and they're actual diagnoses. I mean, this whole OCD, ADD, ADHD, people are all self-diagnosing and throwing those letters around all day, every day, anytime they mess anything up in life. And they're always associated with doing less than, right? I'm so ADD, I forgot. I'm so OCD, this. And so if you are somebody sitting there with an actual diagnosis of any of those languages that we use, blind, deaf, OCD, ADHD, on the spectrum, autistic, whatever, we hear it used in such an ableist way all the time, generally associated with our less than qualities, very rarely with our our, 
great qualities. Um, I'm so OCD that this is really well organized and executed well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's Um, rare. (laughs) So I think that we really need to start being aware of that and sort of checking each other. I'm sorry, but like when I hear somebody say like OCD or ADD around me, I'm like, oh, are you diagnosed? Because they just want to bring out the awareness that you're just sort of throwing diagnoses around and you would never say, oh, I'm paraplegic or, (laughs) you know, oh, I'm diabetic. cancerous. Yeah. Right. We would never (laughs) throw those out there. So I think this conversation is important just because of the awareness, because I know I needed to hear it at one point in time because I didn't have that awareness. Right. And, and again, guys, I know many of you are sitting there going, oh, this, what's the big deal? This is much ado about nothing. You know, I don't mean anything harmful when I say crazy or blind or ADHD or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's really not the point. And, and you're right. right. In certain contexts within the confines of your own brain, for example, <laughs> you yeah. know, that may be perfectly appropriate. I would say it's probably changing the way you view those issues, like Becky's saying. So, you know, I think there's deeper, you know, impacts than just, you know, the words themselves. I think they're actually changing the way you view people that have these conditions, whatever. But regardless, in public setting, you know, and let's go back to the vet clinic, you know, it probably is, you know, inappropriate in almost all. And certainly it's probably disrespectful. So again, viewfinders, you know, a lot of good conversations here, not a lot of solid answers, but these are things that we should be considering as individuals and as teams, because I think that they can help you avoid a lot of problems in your life. You know, life is hard enough without making it more difficult. So, you know, maybe these are areas that you can just easily avoid and you can be more respectful. Uh, But I'd really like to hear what you'd like to say about it. Becky, how can people share some of their thoughts and experiences? You guys can head on over to Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. And you can send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. If you hate this conversation, it makes you mad. Don't forget to reach out to our friends over at Vet Tech Cafe. (laughs) That's right. They love to hear that. Guys, it's a great conversation. Love to hear what you have to think. Until next week, keep thinking and talking. Bye. Bye. I liked it. I forgot I saw Dave Cohen 